An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound, they score! Barbashev in front. 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has happened here has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town, it's a championship town. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here is Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... They get better every day, the Woos, Chapman. They really do. Yeah, you know, I may have to get um, our our esteemed. What's a, what's esteemed? Or what esteemed esteemed? esteemed uh, okay. Yeah, our, our esteemed engineers in here because it sounds like when I'm in the microphone, mm-hmm. it sounds like tin canny in my headphones. Okay, and it sounds like the Woo is cracking a little bit. Okay, let's just let's just throw it out to the listeners. Yeah, hit us up on X again. That's going to be really hard for me to continue. To, to find a way to, to not call it Twitter, but hit us up on X at Ryan Hockey Guy at Magnum702 at Fox Sports LV. Was there any crackling on the woo? Because you almost blew my eardrums out. Yeah. But it was a very good woo. Um, and it was so good that you you kind of muffed up the word esteemed. But yes, yeah, I was, I was being, blown away, yes. That all being said, uh, nice, solid woo. We have a nice show for you today. We're going to have some fun. Yes. Right? It's middle yes. of the week. Everybody's looking forward to have some fun. We're, we're hopeful, hopeful at this point in time, hopeful uh, to be getting a, a file from the esteemed. Not the, assumed or whatever. The, yeah, whatever the one and only Darren Millard with Nick Holden. So we, he's, we, he's I, I just want to get this straight okay. because yep. he's supposedly off until well, Tuesday. Is he ever really off? No. No. So he, he took the time mm-hmm. to sit down with Nick Holden. Sure. I think it would have been more fun if Nick Holden sat down with you and I, but that's just me. Well, I mean, we're selfish. We want yes. to talk to we, Nick we, Holden. We want to talk I, to I Nick like Holden. I like Nick yes. Holden. He's a yeah. cool guy. Yes. It'd be really cool to talk to, to Nick Holden. But that all being said, we're, we're hopeful to get that file from Mallard at some point in time. When we do, we will put it on the show so you can hear from the newest member of the Vegas Golden Knights player development staff. That is Nick Holden. Uh, so we'll bring that to you when we have it. We Hopefully going- soon. We are going to play a little bit later on in the show, hour number two. We're going to get to who's closer to an NHL championship. Who is closer to a Stanley Cup? The Toronto Maple Leafs or the Pittsburgh Penguins? I cannot wait for that. It's the Kyle Dubas Olympics, if you want to call it that. (laughs) We've got one-timers coming up in hour number two as well. But right now, we teased it yesterday. We're going to get into it right off the bat here. It's the Next Step Olympics. And you might be asking yourself, what is the Next Step Olympics? Well, it's very simple. There have been three teams in the National Hockey League that I would argue over the last three to four seasons have been tasked with taking the next step. Or everyone has assumed that these teams are going to take the next step. Now, we have to define, Chapman, what the next step is. Because I think for a lot of these teams, and I think a lot of their fans, the next step isn't playing meaningful hockey. I'd argue for two of the three teams, they played meaningful ha- hockey down the stretch last season. 
the next step for some of these teams is making the playoffs. And you could even make the argument that because of where they're at in terms of their, quote, window, they've got to do something in the playoffs, too. Think like the New Jersey Devils, right? Like, New Jersey came on, yes, last year. They make the playoffs. They win around. They gain some insight. They learn how to win in the postseason. Certainly, it doesn't go their way, but they took more than just the next step. They took two or three. Yes. And I think you'd make the argument for a couple of these teams. It's not just about taking the next step. It's not just about finding their way into the playoffs, but it's taking multiple steps, strides, if you will. And the three thing, the three teams that we're talking about are the Buffalo Sabres, the Ottawa Senators, and the Detroit Red Wings. So we can we can cross the Toronto Maple Leafs off this list because they've taken the next step. It's only taken them 37 years to win a round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, I don't think it's 37 years, but that being – or maybe it is. It's a lot. It, it, it was like the first since – Since Since like Felix Potvin, right? Oh, boy. Has it been 37 years? <laughs> I don't think it's 37. It's I just, 37 I just made that up. 30 years, maybe. It was about yeah. 20 years, I think. Okay. Well, we'll get into it. I don't it's, know. It's, it's a long not, time. This is not a Toronto Maple Leaf podcast. But they're off, the next, they're off the next Step Olympics. Okay. So, we don't – well, I mean, the next <laughs> – like, what's, what's the next step for Toronto? Hey, they won a round. That's, that's, that takes them off the list. <laughs> did, I, did I tell you what made me most angry about Toronto last year in the postseason? The fact that they won a round? No, no, like, I don't care that they won around. It's fine. I was more angry at the fact that they won a single game in the second round. <laughs> yeah, it would have been better if they because lost. Because if they, if, they, if they got swept. It's the most Maple Leafs thing ever. Well, it, it would have been, but you could also say, I mean, yeah, they won around, but they've still won the same amount, uh, amount of second round games as they had all the years that they never won the first round. <laughs> they really, really pissed me off last year. They they were close. They they were close to to achieving close that to goal. What? Achieving the goal oh, of not okay. winning. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> in order to really hone in on the next step Olympics, in order to find out like which teams we think are actually going to make to take the next step, and and are you comfortable defining the next step as making the playoffs? I think for 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 a couple of these teams, mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's enough. Like I, I yeah, know, you, you, I know you, you have to take start somewhere. Well, I know you have to take a baby step before you you take that giant step. I'm not talking but, about multiple steps. I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm gonna argue in favor of a couple of teams needing to take strides. But I will say this: like the next step. That's all we're focused on here. Are you okay with with? Setting that goalpost, they have to make the, the playoffs. Play. Okay, perfect. that that's that. It has to be done. You okay. ha- if if you, I think for all three of these teams, mm-hmm. you have to make the playoffs. That's lofty. It's lofty, but we've been hearing, as you mentioned, for mm-hmm. years. Oh, this team is on the doorstep. They're mm-hmm. they're 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 finally there. Yeah. They, I, I feel like the three teams involved, every single one of them has to make the playoffs. For it to be considered a next step. Because I think for if you miss the playoffs, if you're one of these teams, I feel like there's got to be changes made. Like you failed at that point if you don't make the playoffs. Okay, so that being said, here's what we're going to do. You start to look at these teams, and we talked about it. It's Boston. I'm sorry, it's Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit. Then you look at what happened last year in the postseason. Which teams made the playoffs, which teams didn't make the playoffs, where those three teams were in proximity to the playoff cut line, some closer than others, some fizzled at the end of the season around the trade deadline. I'm looking at you, Detroit. 
And then you start to think about, okay, how many realistic chances, how many spots are going to be open, do you believe, right now in the Eastern Conference? These are the playoff teams from last year, okay? You had the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Florida Panthers. That was in the Atlantic Division. Then you've got the Carolina Hurricanes, New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers, and New York Islanders. Those were in the Metropolitan Division. Those are the eight teams that made the postseason. The question then becomes, how many of those teams do you see falling off this year? Well, for starters, I could see the Boston Bruins falling off, right? Like, if there's any team that's going to have a, a, a big fall, I feel like it's them. You lose some key players. Obviously, the loss of Patrice Bergeron is, is immense. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's something that is easily overcome. So I could see them. It's crazy to say, but I, I could see them not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I could see Florida missing because, as you mentioned, they've, they've got some injuries. That's and some, new, some good news on the injury front for the Florida Panthers we'll get to in one time. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not as bad as initially mm-hmm. thought for me. But there's going to be a hangover from, from losing the Stanley Cup, I feel. Okay. So I could see that. I don't see the Devils missing the playoffs. Mm-mm. I don't see Toronto or Tampa missing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. Um, the Rangers, I feel like, will be in the playoffs. Here are the teams I think are going to fall out. Okay. I think Boston falls out. Carolina's not falling out. No, no, no. Boston falls out. Okay. Toronto stays. Tampa stays. Florida's on the bubble for me. Just like last year. They were close. They were close to not making it last year. I think Florida's on the bubble, but I do think Florida makes it. So you've got Toronto, Tampa, Florida in. Boston out. Carolina, New Jersey uh, in. I'm going to put the Rangers in. I'm going to take the Islanders out. I could see that. But that being said, I think the Penguins are going to take that spot where the Islanders were. Oh, which leaves one spot. Which leaves one spot for these three teams. Now, that being said, I I could absolutely see the Florida Panthers having a tough go early on in the season, getting too far behind the eight ball, and that could open up a secondary spot. But the the real problem here is that you've got all three of these teams in the Atlantic Division, and you've got two mainstays in Toronto and Tampa who I do not think are going to take a step back, who I think will absolutely be right there in the fold. And I, I just don't think that the Penguins, with all the retooling that they've done over the season or, or over the course of the offseason, I don't think that they're going to miss the playoffs. They've made some, I just don't. I, I feel like they've made the right moves. Mm-hmm. 100%. So with that being said, I think there's realistically just one spot. Just one spot. you got three teams that are all trying to take the, quote, next step. The next step is making the playoffs. And I think just by virtue of the numbers, it's only going to be one team that does it. Yeah. And that's maybe two. That's tough. Okay, so we've established that. Of the three teams, in your estimation, Chris Chapman, who is most likely to win the next Step Olympics? Well, my initial thought was Detroit. I felt like, <laughs> but, but then I looked at their, their roster, yeah, and I'm like, it's not as good as I thought it was. Okay. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll preface by saying I feel like Ottawa is the furthest away. Like, I, I feel like, they're, they still have a ways to go. Based on what? Well, I don't. I, I mean, I I don't think I think Detroit is better than Ottawa. I Where? don't know. Well, I I like. Oh man, it, it's tough because those two are close. But I feel like Ottawa has has. I don't. Man, <laughs> it's it's hard. But 
I feel like the addition of DeBrinket helps mm-hmm. Detroit tremendously. He's going to help them score a lot more goals. Okay. But okay. I'm looking at their their bottom six. I don't really feel like it's that. I mean, they've got decent players. I like Andrew Kopp. Mm-hmm. I think Daniel Sprong is a decent player, but he's not like a game changer. Mm-hmm. I like their first pairing on the blue line. Mm-hmm. But after that, I mean, Ben Sherratt, okay. Jeff Petrie, eh, okay. I think Petrie's good. But I, think I don't think that's he, a good addition. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's the player that puts you into the playoffs. No. But I don't it shores up your defense. Yeah, their bottom, their bottom pairing, okay. Mm-hmm. Gossespierre and and I don't really know a whole lot about Justin Hole. Did you look at their goalies? Yeah, I don't. I don't trust please, Billy Huso. Please, who's the other guy? <laughs> James Reimer. Mm-hmm. I don't trust either of them. Okay, so how? How in the world are you putting them ahead of Ottawa? Because I feel like they have more high-end talent. Oh, I disagree. Like, I, I think Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond are phenomenal. Dylan Larkin is, is, is to me, an all-world player. Okay, all right. This is now a, a debate about the Ottawa Senators. I like, I like David Perron, mm-hmm. obviously. But I don't know. It, it's really close for okay. those two. I okay. feel, now, now, I feel like Buffalo... <laughs> When I look at Buffalo's roster, I love their blue line. Like, mm-hmm. I really like their blue line. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're pretty far ahead of the other two when, when I look at everything as a whole. I know you're really high on Devin Levi. I think a lot of people are high on Devin Levi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I like, their, I like their, their blue line. Obviously, I like Alex Tuck. Sure. I like the addition of Jordan Greenway. You're just all over the place right now. I I, I like Buffalo. I, I I feel like look when you ask me who is the closest, mm-hmm. Buffalo is the closest. Yeah, and I think I think they will take that next step. I feel like they will make a playoff spot. They 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 will make the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. but they're going to need to be healthy. I think that's paramount. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they have enough depth to where if they had a guy get banged up for a little bit, they might be okay, or they should be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, Tate Thompson and Alex Tuck together, you've got two really big guys, I mean, power forwards. Okay, so top line, I'm I'm going, like, it, it's hard for me to draw a distinction between Ottawa and, and Buffalo. Now, that being said, Jeff Skinner, Tate Thompson, Alex Tuck, they were absolute world beaters last year. They were year. phenomenal. They yeah. were so good. Then you bring in Tyson Jost. That, that's huge to kind of fill out your fourth line. Peyton Krebs has to take a step alongside Jordan Greenway. I think that he'll be able to do that. And Dylan Cousins, Casey Middlestat became legit players for the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. They have the most dynamic offense of all of these teams. They are the most dynamic offensive team of these three. Now, here's where— you say best, best top line? I think they're right there with the with the Ottawa Senators. Like, okay. I think that high-end skill probably a little bit better, but then you've got the grit and the sandpaper of Brady Kachuk that I just I, I love. I, I just love it, okay? So with all that being said, I, I think the Buffalo Sabres are the most dynamically offensive team of the three, and then I, I love their defense. Rasmus Dahlin is an offensive firecracker who hits you and can still play defensive hockey. Matias Samuelson 
is one of those players that flies completely under the radar because you you don't look at any stats because he's not a stats guy. Yeah. He is steady, stay at home. I'm going to do my job so that Rasmus Dalin can go out and do his thing and be that player. He is the perfect foil to that type of player, and that's why they are such a great top pair. Then you've got Owen Power, who's coming into his own, who's going to be better and better and better because he's fantastic. Connor Clifton, okay, that's fine. Henry Yokiharu, Eric Johnson, you've got some, some leadership. You've got a player that's won, and Eric Johnson knows what to do. I like the mixture of their defense, but to me where it kind of really sets the Buffalo Sabres apart I believe in Devin Levi. I just do. I think Devin Levi is going to be a legit star. I think that he's going to get some regular, regular minutes, regular starts for the Buffalo Sabres. And let's not forget that it was Devin Levi down the stretch that was in net for Buffalo in those important games when they were trying to push for that final playoff spot that they came up one point shy of. That experience for Devin Levi gave him a taste. And when you have a kid that is that dynamic and wants to be an NHL star as much as he does, you give him a taste, he's going to absolutely explode and run with it. Now, you you have said that you think he will win the Calder, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. yeah okay. Hot take. No, I don't, I don't think it's that hot of a take. Yeah. But you mentioned Rasmus Dahlin. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wins it because I think there's a, there's a lot of tough competition. Potential finalists for the Norris? Could be. I mean, he had that good of a season last year where he he, he was in the discussion, mm-hmm. at least to be a finalist. Yeah. I feel like that's that's the potential for him. I think that, that Rasmus Dalin will be in that conversation for sure. I mean, he's really good. I mean, he's, unfortunately, we don't get to watch a lot of the Sabres here, yeah. but he's that good. So you and I are in agreement then that we think it's the, the Buffalo Sabres. I do. There's a team yeah. that's going to take the next step, next step being make the playoffs. And if there's only one spot open, I think, think it's, it's we think it's Buffalo. Yeah, I okay. think it's Buffalo. I, I'm with you there. Now, I I don't know how you arrived at Detroit over Ottawa. Okay, because like let's think about it from this perspective. You're looking at a potential top line of Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla, and Vladimir Tarasenko. That's a that's a good top line. And call me crazy, you absolutely can. Right now, in this moment, I'll take Vladimir Tarasenko. Over Alex Dabrinkit any day? No, I won't. Really? Yeah. Why? I think I think Tarasenko's a question mark. For, first of all, health is a question mark with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Right? He's had problems with, with some injury issues over the last few years. Okay. He's, he's a bit older than he was when he was lighting it up for St. Louis. Well, everybody gets a year older. Well, no, but he, he's a bit older. Sure. Like, his okay. prime is, is mm-hmm. past. Okay. I wonder about motivation. I think he's motivated. Well, you're playing in Ottawa. What do you mean you're playing in Ottawa? It's he it, signed there as a free yeah, agent. Yeah, I I know, but that doesn't it's it doesn't necessarily mean that he had a ton of options. I don't think it was a lack of options. I think that there just wasn't any money left. Well, that again, that money can be a big motivating factor. Well, right. You're thinking about it in terms of, well, he didn't sign for very much, so therefore he's not going to try that hard or not be the impactful player that we know he can be. I'm looking at it from the other perspective of you're Vladimir Tarasenko. You want a Stanley Cup. You score goals. You're you're signed for one year at $5 million. You still believe that there's a big payday? I'm putting everything I have into this season so that next year I get a big payday. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't see it with him. Wow, really? 
He's only I, 31 years old. Only 31. Only 31. I I like Dabrinkit more than I like Tarasenko in that in that. Okay, role. let me ask you this question: Is Alex Dabrinkit a 40 goal scorer away from Patrick Kane? We'll have to wait and see. He wasn't last year. No, I don't think he is. I mean, and and it's not like he was playing with with bums, no. right? He 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 was on that Stutzla line, correct? He was he was a top pairing guy or top top line guy with them. Well, he was behind Brady Kachuk. That was a problem. Uh, well, according to him. Well, it was a, yeah, it was a problem yeah. for him. Yeah. He didn't have a good year. Yeah. So I I feel like he's playing with, with Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin is is going to help him tremendously. I'm just checking something. Let me I gotta I gotta see what Debrinkett did many, last year. He oh no 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 no. Don't don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. Alex Debrinkett scored how many goals last year? Take a guess. Twenty seven. You looked. No, I didn't. You absolutely looked. That's what it was, 27? 27 I didn't goals. look. You can look. I don't yeah. have it up. No, no, no. He scored 27 goals. Tarasenko scored 18. Okay. I, and How old does Dabrinkit compare to Tarasenko? I mean. What is he, like 25? Dabrinkit's almost 26. Okay. I'll take him over Tarasenko every, every day of the week. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because I'm not convinced that that Alex DeBrinket is a dynamic goal scorer. And, I, and, I, and I'm out Patrick Kane. And I'm, I'm taking Dylan Larkin over Tim Stutzla. No, you're not. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Come on, man. It's the most egregious thing you've said on it's the show. It's not the most egregious thing. Tim Stutzla is like a premier, legit two-way player in this league. Dylan Larkin's not a great player. He's a good player. He's Dylan, got Dylan Larkin is. Absolutely not a great player. Like, listen, I love Dylan Larkin. There's the intangibles. He's the captain. He does the He's right stuff. He's a Michigan on... guy. I like. Yeah. No, I mean... no, no, no. He doesn't get brownie points because of where he grew up. <laughs> but he's the captain of his hometown team. That doesn't matter. It does matter. It doesn't when you're talking about if he's good or there, better. There's, there's than motivation. Tim there's he's motivation. Not better there. than Tim Stutzla. What are you talking about? I'm gonna pull up their numbers because yeah. I, I. Yeah, please do. All right. I'd love to see it. Tim Stutzla is absolutely better, 100% better than Dylan Larkin. All right, let's see what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, he had 90 points. Who's that? Tim Stutzla. Yeah. That's yeah. Pretty, pretty good. I'll save you the trouble. I'm going to pull up Dylan Larkin's stats. <laughs> Dylan Larkin had 79 points in 80 games. That point-a-game player, but that's not 90 no, for Timmy Stutzla. 90. Let's take a look and see if Dylan Larkin has ever had a 90-point season in the National Hockey League. I don't think he has. Dylan Larkin has never had a 90-point season in the National Hockey League. It is bananas to me that you would take Dylan Larkin over Tim Stutzla. He had 79 points last year. All right. That's not 30, 32 goals, 47, po- or 47 helpers. All of those are not 90. No, no. Let's see. Most. He had his best season last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. On, on, a, on a team that's not very good. Okay. So what are you, what are you trying to say? He wasn't who I, I have to see who he was playing with last year. No, 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 no you don't. Yes, because sometimes you're only as good as <laughs> no, the guys around you. No, you don't. No, you don't. All you have to do is look at the fact that Tim Stutzla in three seasons has a better year than Dylan Larkin at any point in his, like, 10-year career. Come on. I feel I'm like. I'm going like, to give you. No, 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 no. I did this with Danny Webster last week. I'm going to do it with you right now. I am going to give you one chance, and one chance only, to retract your statement that you would take Dylan Larkin over Tim Stutzla. I'm giving you an out. I'm giving you an out right now. 
what was what was Danny's take on on where he took the out on? I'll tell you later. Okay. I'll tell you later. I'll take Stutzla. Okay. I'll take Stutzla. I'm glad to see you. It's close. It's, no, it's, 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 it's not, close. It's not like. It's not close Look, there's, there's, we're talking 10 points. 10 points. Chapman. 10 points. It's not, it's not like it's seven, 17 or 25. It's 10 points. It's close. Oh, my goodness. Timmy Stutzla is 21 years old. Yeah, he's six years younger than Dylan Larkin. Like, this is, this is as good as you're ever going to get out of Dylan Larkin. You've still got three years of Stutzla growing into his prime. I feel like Larkin can be better. It's not close. He's going he's gonna to have a good year. I think he has more points this year than he did last year. So here's the thing. I don't know if it gets to 90. Are you reasonably arguing that Detroit is closer to taking a step than Ottawa? I feel like Detroit's a better team, but as I look, when I look at the roster, I'm not so convinced. Where? I'm not so convinced. Like, my initial thought was Detroit's better. Detroit's closer. I'm not so convinced anymore. I like I like Ottawa's goalies uh-huh. better than Detroit's. You got Jonas Corposalo. I like him better than Vili Husso. Of course you do, because like, he's good. Yeah, he is good. And I feel like Vili Husso was a guy who had, like, one good half a season. So, we're talking a lot about offense. Shabbat, Chikrin, Sanderson, Zub. I, I like I like Sanderson a lot. Like, their top four is good. It is good. They're legitimately, you know what? I look at it, they're legitimately a good team. Mm-hmm. They're a legitimately better team than the Detroit Red Wings. I think, as I look at it, because I think, I think the X factor in all this, we haven't even mentioned Claude Giroux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's the X factor for me with Ottawa. That's, that's what I'm saying to now, you. Now, Josh Norris, what's his, what's his health status? If he's good to go. The Ottawa Senators are are leaps and bounds a better hockey team than the Detroit Red Wings. He's better than anyone Detroit has on their second line. Absolutely. So my initial thought was Detroit, but as I look at it deeper, mm-hmm. Ottawa's better than Detroit. So if you're ranking them right now, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, gold medal, gold medals in the is, next in the next step the Olympics Sabres. I don't even think it's close with is Buffalo. The Buffalo I think Buffalo yeah. is a lot better than the other I, two. I agree. Silver medal goes to Ottawa. I talked you into it. Yeah, you did. Okay. Bronze yeah, medal. I, Detroit? Detroit. Okay. I think Detroit's so far away. I don't think they're I don't think they're making it. I don't I, think I don't I, think they're close at all. No. No. How many points out did they finish last year? Ooh, uh, let me look. Because the problem the problem I have is I feel like the two teams ahead of them are Ooh. better this year than they were last year. And I don't know if Detroit's significantly better than what they were last year. They were twelve points out last year. I don't I think they finished further away. And and had like a home and home set with Ottawa got bullied right around the trade deadline, and then Steve Eiserman's like, "Yeah, we're they not packed ready. it in. We're not yeah. ready." I, I, I feel like they're they're worse. I, I don't know if they're a worse team, mm-hmm. but I feel like they're further away this year than they were. I don't. I think they finished more than twelve points out. I, I would I would be fine with that. Like I could legitimately see, and this might be a hot take. I could see Montreal finishing ahead of Detroit. Legitimately, like I don't believe. I don't believe the Detroit Red Wings are very good. And Do you believe Steve Eiserman is the right guy? Is he going to get it turned I, around? I don't think he's the – I don't know. Like, on paper, all the moves should have made sense, right? Like, Andrew Kopp coming in should have been very, very good. It, 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 it didn't was, pan out. Yeah. David Perron was fine, but, you know, you're trying to kind of empower some young guys to take the next step, and Lucas Raymond, um, Moritz Sider has been fantastic. But I just – I think that they're thin – and the guys that they've brought in haven't panned out. Yeah. And I don't believe Alex DeBrinkett is as good as he is alongside Patrick Kane. Like, 
you have an elite setup guy finding you in the right spots. It allows you to get your shot off, all those things. The question becomes, is Dabrinkit going to be able to get any anything like that with Detroit? Maybe if you play him alongside Lucas Raymond, but if you do that, then you're probably talking about a second-line role, and I don't think that Dabrinkit wants a second-line role because if he did, he'd stay he'd in still be Ottawa. Yeah, exactly. he'd, he'd be so, okay with that, yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. Let us know if you disagree. Again, you can hit us up on X at Ryan Hockey Guy at Magnum702. Gold medal, next step Olympics, the Buffalo Sabres. Silver medal, next step Olympics, the Ottawa Senators, and the bronze medal, maybe it goes to the Montreal Canadiens. I don't know. We'll see what oh, ends up man. happening. Could you imagine? But, but bronze medal goes to the Detroit Red Wings. Let us know if you agree or disagree. We're back with more next on the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. It's now two weeks in a row where somebody has said something so egregious that I had to stop everything and give them a chance to recant. And in both instances, the right decision was made. You asked about Danny Webster last week. Yes. Danny said that he believed Boston would finish higher up in the standings than Toronto. At that point, I let him know what happened in Boston in the offseason, how many players had gone away. Yeah. Uh, you know, no more Patrice Bergeron, no more David Krejci. Um, and then I ran through everything else that happened, you know, losing Tyler Bertuzzi, no Taylor Hall. Oh, yeah, by the way, Dmitry Orlov, not a Boston Bruin anymore. Uh, to which Danny said, yeah, I'll take a mulligan on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Toronto, Toronto's better than Boston. Tampa's better than Boston. Well, right, but we, you know, we didn't. Your, your mulligan. No, no, I. You know what the thing is? I, I didn't realize that Tim Stutzla had how Tim had Stutzla. the season that he had. Yeah, you didn't realize that. Like I, I, I knew he had a good season. Sure. I didn't realize he had an elite season. Well, now you know. Now I do know. Yeah, the more you know. Exactly. It's I need that little that little star that <laughs> yes, you do. the more you know. It's VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Wednesday. It's Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman. Um, Darren Millard with Nick Holden. That'll go at 5 o'clock. All right, so tune in. Keep it right here on the VGK Insider Show. We will play Darren Millard and Nick Holden at 5 o'clock. Settle in. By the That's way, I, th- I, I think people will like, and I, I'm not going to give Darren credit and okay. say that he purposely did this. Okay. I'm guessing it was just a, a guy who needs a mulligan on spelling. Like a typo? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? So the email file that he sent me is Nick Golden. It's going to be really, really disappointing for you if at some point during the interview. He calls him Nick Darren's Golden. Darren's like, can I call you Nick Golden? Oh, my God. Because you're sitting here saying, ah, he's just, he's just a typo. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not giving Darren the, the benefit of the doubt here. You might have to. I know. If he does. Depending on how the interview goes. Yeah. We haven't heard it yet. We just got it a, a few minutes ago, but we will get that on the air to you at 5 o'clock again. Darren Millard with the newest member of the Golden Knights player development staff, Nick Holden, who announced his retirement yesterday, as well as announcing his new role with the Vegas Golden Knights, one of the most beloved players to play for this Vegas Golden Knights organization. Good stuff there for Nick Holden. So because of that, we are going to get right into who's closer to a championship. <laughs> Is this, do they get, they, they get medals for this one too? No, no, no. It's just okay. who's closer to a championship. Okay. The Pittsburgh Penguins or the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the reason I ask is, again, I love petty hockey. I love when there are stories about pettiness, 
between people in positions of power. I just I think it's the best thing in the world. I wish that the the NHL was a little bit more petty, to be completely honest with you. And I genuinely believe that there will be some in hockey that like would be angry and mad if Kyle Dubas and the Pittsburgh Penguins went further than the Toronto Maple Leafs in the postseason. I just do. I just think that there are people that would be really, really mad if Kyle Dubas has success. I, I just, I, I believe that to be true. So it becomes a very interesting and intriguing question because you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, they missed the playoffs, but it's hard to bet against Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang. And then you start to look at what the issues really were in Pittsburgh last year, and it was a lot of we don't have the supporting cast beyond Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang. And so like, what was the one thing that Kyle Dubas was really good at in Toronto? More often than not. And it, and it showed out more or less in like the players that actually scored goals in the postseason for him. Kyle Dubas was really good at finding complementary pieces for Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, William Nylander. He just he did a good job at it. So given what the offseason has looked like for Toronto, given what the offseason has looked like for Pittsburgh, which team do you think has the better year next year, and which team do you believe is closer to a Stanley Cup? Well, I'll preface by saying I don't think either team is going to win the Stanley I, Cup. I don't either. But I do feel like both teams are playoff teams. Obviously, Toronto's a playoff team. But I think Pittsburgh did a better job. Like, okay. they, I'll, I'll, I'll make it simple. Mm-hmm. They added the best player yeah. in Eric Carlson. Well, 100%. Yeah. Like, and it's not even close in <laughs> terms of, of, but then you look at some of the other guys. I like Ryan Graves, another, another you know, solid defenseman. Mm-hmm. The move for Riley Smith is so underrated. It's huge. I think outside of, here, here's the thing, outside of Vegas, I don't think a lot of people realize what a good player Riley Smith is. Mm-hmm. Like, we we got to see him for six years. We all know that Riley Smith is a really good hockey player. Yeah. And a guy who is obviously good enough to help you win a championship. Sure. But even some of the some of the lesser-known guys that, the, that, that they added, I like Tyler Bertuzzi for Toronto, but... I like that's not a game changer for me. Like that's not the guy. Obviously, he didn't help Boston win a championship. Well, so I don't think he's <laughs> going to put Toronto over the top. But I like Nolachari, mm-hmm. like good complimentary player. Mm-hmm. Lars Eller, good complimentary player, has a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I feel like the depth that they added is better than the depth that Toronto added. Look, I like Ryan Reeves. I don't think he's he's not moving the needle for me. I still have no idea about Toronto's goalie situation. Well, you know, it, it's going to be Samsonov, and it's going to be Wall. Like, that's what it's going to be. Do you trust those guys? I think Samsonov's good. I, I mean, I think he, he can he like, be good. He can be good. He hasn't been proven as a number one guy. That's the problem. He's He's been proven to play well at for stretches like any other goalie. Is he going to be able to take the next step? That's that's a question mark. I that, think if Tristan Jari's healthy, he's better. Well, sure. I mean, I, I trust Tristan Jari more than I trust the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending. Yeah, for sure, hundred okay. percent. Um, what what I find really interesting, I like Tyler Bertuzzi a lot. I think that that makes a lot of sense. A little bit more sandpaper playing alongside Austin Matthews, but you can put all this sandpaper in the world alongside Austin Matthews until Austin realizes he's a big guy and can play like it. 
It's not going to matter. Well, the the thing for me with Toronto is they haven't won Mm -hmm. with their core four. Well, no. And they haven't done anything to address the issue that they haven't won with that core four. Like, if there was ever an offseason to maybe break a part of that and maybe do something dynamic. That was Dubas. That was this offseason. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it. Well, because they fired Dubas. Yeah, but the new guy coming in could have. I mean, I <laughs> could've, does could've a won. general like, manager does a general manager make that much of a difference with those four guys? Well, I mean, like I don't, I don't think because Dubas isn't there that those four guys are all of a sudden going to say, "Hey, well, here's we, the, we're going to be better." Here's the problem: the one guy of the core four that you want to trade, you can't trade. Who's taking John Tavares off your hands? Yeah, well, boy, talk about talk about a lot of teams. Doing the collective sigh of relief. I'm just saying, like, who's going to take that contract? I wouldn't take it. Right. So the the odd man out right now is William Nylander. Nylander's got one year left on his deal. Becomes a free agent at the end of this coming season. And there's no contract extension yet. Austin Matthews taken care of. Good bit of business there by, by, by Brad Tree Living, GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But that being said, the, the one guy out of the core four that I'd argue you want to move, you can't. Yeah. So you might lose William Nylander for nothing. Like, there might be a scenario this year where Nylander's unsigned, right, going into the trade deadline. And ordinarily, when you've got a player as good as Nylander is, and not only as good as he is, but, like, one of the only guys in that in that core four that actually scores any goals in the postseason. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it astounds me that Austin Matthews cannot create offense in the postseason. It, it genuinely, truly, legitimately blows my mind. I just don't understand it. Well, like our, a former coach here said, it's a mental thing. But Nylander, he can. produces, and and you might have a scenario where William Nylander is moved at the deadline, is not moved at the deadline, but treated as a quote own rental, ah. in which you use him for the postseason because hey, someone's got to score, and it's not anybody else. Yeah. And you'll still lose, like, in the first or second round. And then you'll lose him in the offseason. That's legitimate. Like, this, this might be the year where Toronto finally makes a, makes a change off of the core four. And it might not be because they want to. It might not be a voluntary change. William Nylander might just say, ah, I'm going to be a free agent. Why, why wouldn't I be? Well, if I'm him, point. I'm going into the season without a contract. Yeah. Like, I'm of the belief, and, and obviously every player is different, but I'm of the belief that, if I'm part of your future plans and I'm in the last year of my deal mm-hmm. and you have not given me a contract that I like. I got Austin done. I'm a free agent. Sir. So I like Bertuzzi. I think it makes a lot of sense. He's a he's a like cut for the playoffs. Yeah, but Max, he doesn't he's Max not gonna Domi, push them over. No, Max Domi, that's a good one. How much Matthew Nyes kind of progresses progresses, that's gonna be something to keep an eye on. But I mean you mentioned it, like their fourth line's not great. Ryan Reeves is, again, very charismatic. He means a lot to this city, I know. But there's not going to be a ton that he's going to provide for you on the ice. And my argument would be, if you've already got Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, two guys that are really going to mix it up and can score and like contribute in different ways, I don't know that you you needed to to have that well, roster. It didn't really work though. out with Wayne Simmons there. So like I I don't I just I don't get it. Now you juxtapose that with the Pittsburgh Penguins. You mentioned Riley Smith. That's that's huge. Jake Gensel comes into the fold. Like you could legitimately have a second line of Riley Smith, of Guinea Malkin, and Brian Rust. That's a really good second and then, line. And then your top line is is Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Ricard Raquel. Like that is a legit 
solid top six. But yeah, then they're good you team. start to put pieces around Jeff Carter. You start to build out a bottom six with Lars Eller and Matt Nieto and Nola Chari. All of a sudden, the Pittsburgh Penguins have four lines where you're not getting caved in when you don't have Crosby or Malkin. I like players. Matt Nieto. I think yeah, Matt Nieto is a really underrated player. I agree. You touched on Ryan, Ryan Graves, Chris Letang, Eric Carlson. Like, this should be a team that does not have any issue getting pucks out of their own zone. They should be a team that can beat you in transition. They should be very, very good. And they've got Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, three guys that legitimately can get it done in the postseason. Hey, Eric Carlson has more postseason series victories than the entire Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs team. <laughs> so if you're asking me right now, which team is closer? To winning a Stanley Cup. I think it's, it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh by default. Yeah. I don't think either one of them are particularly close. I really don't. I don't think that Toronto's done enough. And, and I don't think that, that you know, what happened to them last year is something that you build off of. Like, to me, it's even more deflating. You win a, you win a series and you just get caved in by a team that, like, quite frankly, probably shouldn't have been there. Like, I don't feel like the Penguins will win the Stanley Cup, but I could be talked into them making a run I think the deep, Peng- into the, deep into the Eastern Conference playoffs. I think that if we're looking at this objectively, the Pittsburgh Penguins will be playing hockey later into the year than the Toronto Maple Leafs. I could see the Penguins playing in the Eastern Conference final. With that roster, if it's fully healthy. If you have, if you have a good year out of Crosby and Malkin, if Eric Carlson is what he was last year or close to it, like 90% of that even. They're, they're a good team. They're a really good hockey team. Yeah. They really are. So I think you and I are both in agreement. It, yeah. It's, it's Kyle Dubas. What a difference. Like, you know what the best part of it would be? Hmm. If the Penguins somehow play Toronto in the playoffs. No, and, first round. And knock them out. First round. Like, it'd be fantastic. Let's do it. I'm, Sign I'm, me up for that. I'm on board right now calling it. Like, I've, I've talked about first round dream playoff series for That's a long, it. long time. That's it. It's Toronto-Pittsburgh. Sign me up. Number one. I want to see that. I'm in. And I, and I want Kyle Dubas to walk away with a win. Oh, that'd be beautiful. It would be so funny. It would be really funny. It would be really, really good. All right. That, uh, that is Who's Closer to a Stanley Cup Championship. We'll be back with more on the VGK Insider Show. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Wrapping up our number one of the VGK Insider Show. We, uh, we both agree that the Buffalo Sabres are the winners of the Next Step Olympics. We also are, are pretty high on the Pittsburgh Penguins insofar as we think Pittsburgh is further along maybe than the Toronto Maple Leafs, which sounds ridiculous, but I, I think that's kind of where we're at. If you had told me going into the offseason, mm-hmm. like day after the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, that the Pittsburgh Penguins would be better than the Toronto Maple Leafs, I would have said you're, 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 you should be tested. Now, I'm not just talking about the regular season. I think Toronto's going to score like No, no, but know. I think I think when it comes to who's playing further into the spring, yep. I think it's the Penguins. I'm taking the Penguins in a 7-game series over yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs any day. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of areas where they're better. Yeah. Uh just a reminder. Stanley Cup will be on display Friday. If you haven't gotten your picture taken yet with the Stanley Cup, if you haven't seen it yet, you got to make sure you go do that. Now you had a moment with the cup. I did. Yeah, it was awesome. What did you do? Because I don't think we talked about it. Like, well, did I, you did you kiss it? No. I didn't did you drink it. out of it? You saw the picture, right? Yeah, but I I mean that was the, that was it. That, that was, was it. it. That yeah. was the only moment was, you had. I mean, it was the moment that I had. Did for you sure. get to share that with with 
Mrs. Wallace and, and the kids? Uh, well, no, because I was in the staging area. Okay. Like, so I was back w- waiting to get on the bus for the parade. So I, I, it was it was quick. It was really quick. But I was able to get down there. I was able to kind of have that picture with not just the Stanley Cup, but but every trophy that the Golden Knights were able to win. You had the Conn Smythe Trophy there. Um, I, I took that, and that was good for me, right? Because there's the memories. Yeah. And I, I know you got to be on the ice. And that, like, that had to be cool for you. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. But the wild thing about it is we went super late with that extended postgame show. Yeah, because I drove home and it was like 1130 at night and you guys on. were still on the yeah, air. Still on. And it was. And, it, it, and, and Rita was the last caller, yeah, correct? I think so. And, and it was great because at one point, Bobby, just down the line, he's like, I'm just going to keep taking calls. Keep taking calls until we run out of calls. It's the biggest, and and I know that there was a debate, and I don't think, look, I'm a UNLV alum. Yeah. I wasn't here when they won the national championship. I don't care. Mm. The Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup is bigger than UNLV winning the national championship in college basketball. I'd agree with that. Stanley Cup on display Friday, Dollar Loan Center, starting at 5 o'clock. Get down there. We're back with hour number two next.